This morning, our series uh, teaching is on what we do. So we've come through three opportunities of teaching, and so now we got to tie all these things up and put a bow on it in a sense, right? At least for us. So here we go. We're going to bring all of this, these items together in what we do to become all in. Right. What does it take? These are some things that we spend a lot of creative time. I can't begin to tell you how creative it was trying to get all of us on the same timeline in the same place and stop changing stuff. So anyway, <laughs> so the first point that we want to discuss with you or have you consider is this one. In order to pull the family together, the big kahuna, number one, is, drum roll please. Thank you, I grew up in that church. Number one, understanding their individual roles. You know, it's like taking the box of a, an appliance or a toy, a microwave, and you take the thing out, but you don't know what the thing is. And smart people think they're smarter than the little paper that's inside the box to tell you what the thing is. Well, our lives are like that too. Your mother pushed you out, but she didn't look at the little thing called the book, the Bible. Am I all right? Yes, I don't know what you were looking for. Anyway, that, so that's the way it is with life. Just because you're a human being sucking air doesn't mean you know what to do with you. And you sure don't know where you came from. Mm. I know I didn't. So, understanding their individual roles. Why? Each serves as an important function in maintaining healthy family togetherness. Instrumental roles are concerned with the provision of physical resources like food, clothing, and shelter, decision-making, and family management. Effective roles exist to provide emotional support and encouragement to family members. We're not going to get clinical. This is family 101. How did I get here? And now that I'm here, I really want to know. I'm 22 now, and I still don't know. Mm. Can someone please stop the madness? Where did I come from? You remember little boys and girls used to ask, Mommy, Mommy, what's in your tummy? And Mommy would give her or him, you know, this cute little story. Well, I see a society of people that needs to go back to the place from whence they came and ask, Daddy, Daddy, where do I come from? Because that's where your answers lie. That's where your life began to unravel out of that, that ball of madness. It did for me. So, family dynamics are the patterns of relating, of reactions, and bringing the family together in harmony. Each family system and its dynamics are unique, although 
there are some very common patterns inside of the human race. I guarantee you, what kind of research paper could we write if we started all the way over here, right down the middle, and all the way over there? When we begin to define what is my role in this here family? The good news is, guys, none of us are innocent of this. And so we have to take times like today to really settle down and revisit this. Often, I really believe, Pastor and Josh, that is one of the biggest benefits that we can incorporate in family reunion. The gathering of families over the holidays before we eat one piece of turkey and crack over, open the can of cranberry, we need to rehearse. This is a father. This is a mother. This is a boy. This is a little girl. You understand the basics of why we need to do that? Because we said a couple weeks ago, as our great mentor, Dr. Miles Monroe, bless his soul, I don't care how smart Americans get, you cannot re mm. redefine the definition of family. God's got that all wrapped up. And you're going to wear yourself out trying to accommodate and trying to bring all of this foolishness into God's plan. Stop it, stop it, stop it. It will not work. So a couple more things. Family dynamics often have a strong influence on the way how young people view themselves, hmm. others, and the world at large. The influence of their relationships and behaviors and their well-being is launched on how they see themselves inside the family. Now, you Southerners, we know as soon as those babies pop out and you bring them the big mom and them, the first thing they're going to do is look at Josh's head or his feet or sometimes his fingers and give him a nickname. Well, the Bible is very clear what happened when Jesus popped out. In <laughs> Isaiah 9 and 6, these are the things that the people that loved him said about him. It says, for unto us a child... Oh, is born. Not Pookie, not Wee Wee, not Susu, but a child is born, and unto us a son. He's son a son because he's a boy. Glory to God. And the government, this boy is going to be some kind of bad. Exactly right. And whatever was being said, yeah. that's what everybody said. Some old silly uncle wasn't in the back talking about that boy ain't nothing. That boy's mama, do you know who that boy, that, we pulled her up off the parking lot so many times. No, he said that the government will be up on him and would be up on his shoulders and his name, don't y'all call him Pookie, his name will be called <laughs> Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. The Prince of Peace, not Prince Harry, not Prince Charles, but the Prince of Peace. What if you had arrived on the scene like that? But no, they brought my husband's daughter, our 
only daughter born on October 31st over there in Emmanuel Hospital. 31st brought my baby in there looking like something a white out with two old black holes around their eyes. Talking about the ghost of Halloween. She had boo like she was a ghost written on the little t-shirt. And Lord Jesus, there was a showdown in the hallway. Lord have mercy. Did those people ever get a revelation of what it is to be a revolutionary baby? So you can't let the world call you something and you run around here grinning. He just saw you in the mall. Hey, cutie. You should have never looked because that's not your name and that's not your character. If he's going to say anything, call me beautiful, call me wonderful, call me gorgeous. But you take that down, back down to the playground. Cutie, who you think you're talking to? My daddy called me Callie. Callie Gabrielle Williams. Can you spell that, sir? All right. Anyway. So anyway. So what, what other things influences your family dynamics? Things like the nature of your parents' relationship. All right. Having a particular soft or strict parent. Number of children in the family. Personalities of the family. An absentee of a parent. A death of a parent. Trauma, death, unemployment, homelessness, affairs and divorce, all of this garbage, alcohol abuse, uh, drug abuse, disability, and you know, it goes on and on, but y'all gonna have to do the rest of your study because my time is up. On that point. All the time is yours if you have something else. I love sharing. That's the power in this. All right, good. So yeah, the, the, the biggest example in our world today is what's happening in the royal family in Britain or London. The queen leads a family that she has over 800 years of history with. Her children, her children's children, and now her great-grandchildren. You have a child his order in the family is to be a prince. Yes. He's never going to be king. He wasn't born to be king. He was born to be prince. He has a father. He has a father that will never be king. I won't name names. His brother is the next king. And then if his brother dies, his brother's two children are the next king. So this boy was never born to be king. He was born to be prince. And now he's leaving the kingdom. And now the spot of prince will have to wait till his oldest brother's son is old enough. That will leave a 15 to 20 year gap in the princeship. The prince's job is to represent the kingdom around the world. So if your children don't know who they are in the family... They will give up their heritage, or they will marry someone that helps them give up their heritage. I'm done. Show you right. Unbox it. Show you right. Unbox that. Well, if you you cannot listen, and I don't really. I know you can be thinking somewhere. I am so past political and skin color. 
I'm way out of that um, kingdom. If, if he doesn't know his job is to be prince king, not over you, but over our family. And he marries someone that doesn't want him to be prince king. Now they're going to take everything we've left and this is all squandered in the next generation. There are no more boys. Now, now you're starting over by yourself. You're starting over by yourself. And, and the way our legal stuff is written, if you decide not to be Prince King, we're leaving it all to the church. No, we're leaving all to Kevin. Right, exactly. But, but you know what I mean. I know. Okay. A lot of it is. Right. So they, you have to tell your children who they are early. So that when they start doing stuff, you remind them, we don't not drink because drinking is a sin. That's rudimentary. We don't drink because you're a prince. And if they see you drinking, they think we drink. We don't get there. And if we think, oh, and and, and if Callie's husband likes to drink, they're going to be like, oh, they they let Callie marry a a dude that likes to drink. He's speaking tongue, but we see him in the club drinking too. This is going to mess up the whole family because she doesn't understand she is a princess. Prince and princess doesn't mean what they taught you, this crap about looking good, smelling good, and wearing fine clothes. It don't matter if your child is ugly. They still your prince. Even if your children are not attractive, this is still, no, this is not my point. She is still your princess. She's in line with the heritage of this family. Whether you have a paper clip or you own the World Herald. Yes, God. Yes, yes, yes. Communication. No, that's all of us, Doc. Go ahead. I'm done. So we're going to talk more Okay, about so that. long story short, at the top of your paper, write this. The all-in family. Put a dash and say, that's me, that's us. That's we, whatever it is. Like, what we're trying to get to in this series is for everyone in your family to be all in. It's impossible for us to build on a, fine, uh, on a foundation where we have 10 bricks, but eight out of the 10 bricks are only 70% solid. You can't build a house. Like, we're all bricks, but not all of us are solid. So what we're looking to do today is just to share some major keys on what an, all fam, uh, an all-in family does. Look at your neighbor say, this is what we do. Look at your other neighbor. Say, this is what we do. Now, if you're sitting with your significant other or your family or your spouse, say, this is what we do. do. We're doing family on purpose. It's not just a random effect that just happened. It doesn't just, it's not just somebody laid together and then some babies came. No, 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 no. What we believe is that God ordained us to come together because when we came together, heaven sang and gave us a name. So this is what we do. Not what I do and you follow. It's what we do. do. You can't. You can't take no prince. You can't take no prince and take him up to Canada in a little old three-bedroom apartment talking about I'm going to hide my life. You ain't got no life. You make a half billion dollars a year going and telling the world about the kingdom you come from. You can't do that up in the woods in Canada. You were born into your family. Stop poo-pooing your family. 
The worst thing you could do is hate your mama and them. I just had to get that out. Are you next? Man, it's your show. Everybody say it's your show. No. Okay, Doctor, if it's my show, you, I ask you, are you How next? many of y'all would watch us if we were on daytime television every week? I'd be on there right in between Uncle, uh, 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 Dr. Phil and Uncle Steve, right, right, in the, right in the middle. No. Okay, so the second, the second major key to being an all-in family, look at your neighbor and say, what we do. What we do. Is we have to understand that communication must be effective. A family that does not talk, cannot talk, does not have a space to talk, if your children have to ask for permission in every setting, that's wrong. Okay, so let's break it down. Communication is a two-way street, amen? So many times um, we, we can get stuck in this place where, well, she didn't call me, or, or I, I'm not going over by their house, or it's Super Bowl Sunday and like everybody in the family is invited, but you didn't receive your personal invitation so that you can walk in on a golden train and show everybody how you're stunting on them because you're better than everybody. Okay, can we talk? Hurry up. You know, because you want to look good before you walk in. Communication can happen, but if its effectiveness is going to be based on if the person got what you were trying to say. So we have a lot of talking going around in our, in our, in our houses. We have a lot of talking happening in the car, in the bathroom, in the kitchen, but it's not effective because the heart of the person is neither interpreted nor being spoken, and the other person never gets the opportunity to speak, never gets the opportunity to play in. I want to make sure you understand that if we're all going to be in, then we all need to communicate. Yes, the father is the head. Yes, the father is, is the cornerstone, most definitely. But once he is done speaking, it is our job as the family to filter what God gave him, to give it back to him, and then we all follow suit. But if we're not talking, every time you don't talk, it's like a light that's being turned off in your house where darkness is beginning to creep in. And what we know is that where there's darkness, there's no communication. And where there's, yeah. com there's no communication, there's usually hurt pain there's a point it's, it's almost like a it's almost like a wound when you don't clean it out when you just talk about the issues like when you put a band-aid over a, over a, a snake bite but what communication does is it, 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 it finds the location of the wound it sucks out the poison and it makes sure that everybody is healed look at your neighbor and say communication is important. is important. In the word of God, there is literally 458 times where Jesus said when Jesus when, when it says Jesus said Jesus communicated. Jesus made it clear. If Jesus, the son of God, who could speak to every single person in this room and all of us get the same message and we not hear it, for him to say it 457 times, Jesus said, I think we need to understand something. You can't just pray that they get it. We can't just pray God change their mind. No, we need to take that 10, 10 second walk from your room to your kid's room and say, hey, daddy messed up. They know you messed up, and they know that you didn't mean it, but sometimes it needs to be communicated. I missed the mark. I apologize. If we're in family, I know when he messes up. He knows when I mess up. He knows that's not my heart, but there's something about when I come to him and I say, hey, I messed up. I apologize, and I want to make sure that you know from my mouth to your heart. It's very important to communicate. You can't just assume because then what happens is like what Pastor Linnell was saying, Thanksgiving, Christmas. How many Thanksgivings and Christmases do we go mm. where you have forgiven the person, but you haven't told them? And we assume that they know the posture of our heart. Really good. Another point about communicating is a lot of words does not mean you're communicating. And the one that's barking the loudest doesn't mean that he's communicating either. One of the first points of a good communicator, if you want someone to hear what you're saying 
is to turn towards them and get their attention and then speak. I don't care what side of the room you are on or whatever, if you're over here, you need to get the person's attention. If you're sitting right by them, they can still be looking right past you. Right. So you have to know that there are some uh, components right. of communicating. Right. And then making sure, don't use a lot of words when you can just use a few words to make your point clear. Right, right. And then you have to unfilter and unearth all of that right. with all the emotions, all the body gestures, because you could be sending three or four different messages all at the same time. Right. And then when you don't get what the end result you want, you have to look back on that situation, that snapshot, and wonder, which message did they hear? Right. That's good. And to connect it to the first point, because everything we're going to show you, it's not do this, then do this, then do this, and do Like, they all run together. Because connecting it back to the family roles, somebody in your family is the natural mediator. Yeah. Somebody in your family is the natural facilitator. Many yeah. times, me and Callie would go off in a text message, and mom would pull out that sit down and shut up card. Every family needs somebody that has that, that, has that card. Shut up. S shut up. Sit down. And we, would not, we were not able to have conversations virtually that we were not comfortable having physically. Stop texting people in your family things that you don't have the guts to tell them to their face. Because if you don't have the guts to tell them to their face, that means that you're not ready to have the conversation. We need to be mature and we need to understand. Look at your neighbor and say, I only have one family. Like, I only get to do this one time. How many more years are you going to deal with the poison inside of your body, which is unforgiveness? Stop texting and calling them. Go to their house. You haven't been there in a long time. You probably forgot where they live. Pull it up on Google Maps. Walk in that house. Open up your mouth and apologize. We need to talk. Yes. Because daddy's about to pass away or granny's about to pass away or maybe they're gone. We need to look at your neighbor. Don't look at. We need to talk. We need to talk. Open up your mouth and use your. The first thing that we see in the word of God is God said, let there be light. He didn't think it. He didn't will it. He opened up his mouth. So if the king of glory who created the earth with his mouth did it with his words, how do you think you're going to create your family? With effective communication. Yes. With effective communication. Sorry, I stood up. Listen, see? listen, listen. Women, female, women, 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 wave at me. Just because you shut down in the heat of communication, and you go quiet for two weeks, it does not fix anything. You have control over your atmosphere. Casting down and all this stuff. Do it in your own house. So you got to open your mouth and you've got to talk. One of the sexiest things that I've been told by Numerous men, because I ask, what's sexy about a woman? You know what it is? The way she can talk. And they're not talking about you. I see guys over here nodding so strongly, y'all giving yourselves away. <laughs> but when a woman knows how to bring all that power into divine order, you talking about, whoa, man. Don't live beneath that privilege. Don't be screaming. Make him come close and peer in and listen. So is this good? Okay, let me give you number three. 
The all-in family, remember what we do, what the all-in family does is they understand forgiveness, reconciliation, and restoration. You cannot be in a family if restoration is not your end goal. You can't, you cannot be called to family without restoration. So if we, if, and all of us, we're all guilty. You have that one person in your family that you've forgiven them, you reconciled, you've built trust, but you have not restored that person to the place that they were originally. It's a mom, it's a dad, it's a brother, or a sister. I'm going to be really quick with my time here. But we, we have to understand that the all-in family understands that forgiveness is a marathon, not a race. Forgiveness is not something that you finish. Like, oh, I'm done. No, forgiveness is a race. Look at your neighbor. Say, it's a race. No, you, you, it's a marathon. But a marathon is a race. It is a race, but a marathon is one that keeps going. As long as there's somebody at the other end to carry the baton. This is what I mean. In your family, the first leg of the race is forgiveness. Remember, we've talked about this. Jesus told Peter, what did he say? As many times as you need to forgive that person, forgive them. Which means that forgiveness is not your choice. You must. You must forgive the person in your life. Because it doesn't keep them bondage. It sets you free. The next thing that Jesus told us was that if you both shall agree, look at your neighbor and say mutuality. Mutuality. If you both agree, then you reconcile. Reconciliation is basically where God takes the Holy Spirit as glue in between the both of you, and he sticks you back together. Reconciliation is where the relationship that was before has now been mended. There are a lot of us, you've forgiven people, but you're not reconciled. You forgave your sister, but you're not sisters. You forgave your wife, but you're not married anymore. Like, you're still separated, but I forgive them, but I'll never forget. That means you haven't reconciled. Because to reconcile means to be washed over. And now what happened, you have remembrance of it, but you don't have the residue. Okay, let me be quick. After reconciliation has to come restoration, which means now we've forgiven each other. I've forgotten about the offense that either I've done or that they've done. We've been reconciled. The Holy Spirit has brought us both together. But now what restoration is, is when we go to God together and the blood of Jesus literally washes over us and anything inside of us that would cause us to see each other wrong, God washes it all the way. And what happens is, is where the Holy Spirit was, now the Holy Spirit has done its job and he mends our flesh back together so a lot of us yes so a lot of us in families are just hoping that the holy spirit keep us together but we haven't gone through the surgery of stitching ourselves back together and surgery hurts so at some point in time you stop praying and we start having those conversations where i literally take the needle into my skin and i say dad when you did this this is how it made me feel dad says well this is what i really meant sticks it in himself and then we say hey now we have understanding so that we can pull it together So now we can pull the stitch together because now we're bonded. So the Holy Spirit doesn't have to play two roles. The Holy Spirit doesn't have to stay in between your family so you don't fight and cover you. He can't do both. So a lot of times in your families, if you haven't forgiven or reconciled and you're like, where's the Holy Spirit? He's trying to keep you all from killing each other. So what you have to do is go through the surgery of stitching yourselves back back together. together. It's a marathon. It's not, I'm sorry, it's not a Band-Aid. It's surgery. Look at your neighbor. Say, it's surgery. Stop putting a Band-Aid over somebody's head that's been cut off, and you bit it off. Apologize. Reconcile. Restore that person back to where they are and see where our families will be. Josh. I still have some more, but go ahead. I'm not cutting you off. I want you to add something. Oh, Jesus. I just heard you can be in the house, all working parties, and not be together. Most definitely. With unforgiveness. Yeah, 
Everybody that you drove down the, the way right. on your street, right. they still see y'all turning in right. and everybody going in. Right. But you're trying to tell me inside that house, we're not together. Most definitely, because we can be in church and not be together. <laughs> and then what happens is, is the Holy Spirit looks at each one of us as an individual rather than looking at us as the Williams family. So if there's ought in between us, Lord have mercy. If there's ought between Martin, Linnell, Callie, and Joshua, if we're separated, the Holy Spirit has to do four times as much work to get all of us to get the point. But if we go through forgiveness, reconciliation, and restoration, he can talk to the house, the house, and we all get it. So this is what I want you to understand. This is how it happens. The first thing is that an incident is done in secret. Something happened and we didn't communicate. You see how they all fall in line? Somebody fell out of their order. They didn't know who they were in the family. They didn't communicate. And now they do something in secret. Once mm. it's done in secret, sin has to come. Secret and sin secret. Like they're the same word. Teach. Not speaking to your family is sin because you're holding, withholding information from the people in your life. And every evil word. Why wouldn't I tell somebody on my team when we walk into this house, this person has a gun, then they get shot and I blame them. No, no, no. If we're a team, if I know something, it's pertinent, we all need to know. Yeah. Mm. So there's an, incident that, that there's an incident that's done in secret. The second thing is that that incident becomes exposed. Be that through truth, be that through somebody checking somebody's iPad because you forgot that your iPad, your iPhone, and your iWatch are all connected and then she sees it. Hey, the Holy Spirit works in mysterious ways, don't he? Right? Something becomes exposed. <laughs> the third thing that happens is that once that thing is exposed, trust is broken. I want you to understand that the most important thing besides communication that the enemy wants to destroy in your family is trust. trust. Do something wrong with your money. I can't trust you. You look at the woman the wrong way. I can't trust you. You come home a little bit later than the other way. It's not where you were. It's that now what you have done has broken trust between us. After trust is broken, now your expectations shift. And now you can become hovering. You can begin to call. You can begin to like call when they're not calling. And why didn't you pick up my text message? It's 4 o'clock in the morning. And I'm in bed next to you. Well, who were you texting? Must have been texting that woman. No, I'm asleep. It's probably ESPN. Da -da -da, da -da -da. Right? Like, so then I want to I tell you a story. So we, have, we heard about the prodigal son. Long story short, a father has, a, has two sons. One of the sons runs out. One of them stays. And the son that goes out, he's like terrible. Like he goes out and let's just bring it to today. He turns all the way up. Turn, like all the way up, drinking, whatever, like just out here doing whatever. And, he's, and at some point, he's like in this pigsty covered in poop and just mud and with these pigs. And he, he comes to this recollection and he comes home. Long story short, the father doesn't deal with him according to what he did. The father deals with him according to who he is now. That's it. So he says, hey, he, you're no, home. No, no. Who he always, always been. Right. Who, he's al who he's always been, but now you're home. But he left the house. Right, but he left the house. We always talk about it and stop there. We're like, oh my God, the prodigal son comes home. But we never talk about the brother that stayed. Now I want to, I want to draw something to, 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 like, to, to your eye. Listen to this. In Luke 12, 38, it says, in 28, it says this. The older brother stalked off in an angry sulk and refused to join in. His father gives him a ring and a robe and like, oh my God, you're so good to be home. Because he never celebrated the son that stayed. Okay. Huh. His father came out and tried to talk to him, but he wouldn't listen. The son said, look how many years I've stayed here serving you, never giving you one moment of grief. But have you ever thrown a party for me and my friends? Then his son, then this son of yours, who has thrown away the money and on, on whores, like, well, but that's another day. I'll, I'll teach it later. Shows up and you go all out with a feast. Listen to what the father says. His father said, son, you don't understand. You're, you're with me all the time, and everything that is mine is yours. 
I have to give him a portion, but I'm giving you everything. You already had it. But this is a wonderful time, and we had, we had to celebrate. This brother of yours was dead, and he's alive. He was lost, and he's found. What we don't talk about is what were the steps before happily ever after. That brother had to go and speak with his, with his other brother that left, and in order for him to receive what his father had for him, there had to be restoration. When somebody leaves home, regardless of what they've done, if you want to do family together, restoration, forgiveness, and reconciliation is, is your fault. It's your, it's, it's your one. Your it's what we have to do. It's yeah. our responsibility. What we're going to be called as the all-in is that we're going to forgive first. We're going to reconcile first. And we're going to restore first. Because as long as you're living with unforgiveness, as long as you're living with that, you're the one that's in bondage. I believe that we're going to be in a season where we're going to call all of our family members home. And it's going to be a lot of tears. It's going to be a lot of snot. It's going to be a lot of frustration. And some of y'all, how y'all communicate, it's going to be a lot of chairs. It's going to be a lot of fists and haymakers. But I think at the end of it, what's going to happen is that we're going to have some from real forgiveness in our families. So that Thanksgiving can look like it used to back in 96. Josh, one point in that Luke. Did you see where that verse said, uh, this son of his? He said, the, the older son said, this son of yours. Parents, I'm a parent. Your child is always watching how you deal with their brother or their sister. And they are they are long-suffering in remembering how you did and dealt with her in light of how you didn't deal with him. So be wise. Somebody in your house at all times, they're watching you. Y'all are really good together doing this. I agree. Yeah. Because you were the egg that we came out of. So okay. we're as, as, only as good as the egg. Remember, we talked about that last week in our lab work. Remember? Yeah. Okay, who's next? I am. Oh. Yeah. So the next one, number four, is every all-in family, please write it down, every all-in family needs to have clear vision. <coughs> clear vision. Yes. If, you, if you're going to get everybody on the same sheet of music, you need a sheet of music. If, if you want everybody in the same plan, you need one plan. That's good. One. If there are four people, six people, 16, my, my, father, my father had 12 children. So 12 children plus mom, you know, you, you're talking 14 people. You're talking 14 people. Well, to get that whole 14 moving together, you can't have 14 plans. <laughs> That's good. You got to have one that everybody's yeah. living by. And your children may be young. They don't need to see the 15-page copy of your family plan, but they do need to understand the rudiments of it and yeah. those main words. And uh, the best scripture to use for this, just put it in your notes, it's Habakkuk 2. In Habakkuk 2, this is the family plan, the family vision. Uh, I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart and watch and see what he will say to me and what he will answer when I'm corrected. That's the only part I want to read. Wow. Everybody knows the scripture, write the vision down and make it plain. But the real leadership is in this first part, because here's what's in the first part. Here are the questions, okay? I will stand on, I will stand, and I will set myself on the rampart. Here's my question to you. Who is the I in your family? Uh -huh. 
who is responsible for the vision in your house. You've got to make a decision. Who is responsible? Who's responsible for the, for the vision? In my house, I'm responsible for the vision. I may not have it all, and I share it. That's my leadership style. I like to be around other leaders. So we empowered our children very early. They won't negotiate for a job out there if you teach them to sit down and shut up at home. So you got to let them argue with you. You got to let them test. Oh, oh. You, you have to let them reason. Oh, that's communication. That's that communication. So I'm late. Do it again. That was so good. That's so good. We did it to you your whole life. So. That was, no, that was, I was late. I was late. That was good. Yeah. You interrupt. If you teach them to sit down, you teach them to sit down and shut up, they'll do it out there. Yeah, when oh, your, so your, your, your children, if you teach them, do it because I'm your daddy. No, you got to explain. <laughs> exactly. Wow. Cop explain. out. Yeah, you got you to gotta tell Cop them. Cop out. Because if I'm not prepared to lead, I'm going to shut down leadership yes. in my house. Yes. So I will simply say, because I'm your daddy, do it. No. Well, he's smart. At three, they're smarter than us. At three years old, they're like, uh, I don't know. I was watching a video the other day, and Bugs Bunny did something different. Well, uh, That's true. I'm not right. So I want him, and I got this all the time when you were growing up. I would get calls from whether it was a school or some club you were in or some team, and they say, you know, your son talks a lot, and he speaks his mind even when he's wrong, and uh, we just need your help in helping him to corral him. I said, no, you do your job. You lead him. I'm leading him. I want him to speak up. When he's not with me, I especially want him to speak up, and I'm sorry, but in the world I live in, I need my son to speak up when he needs to speak up. So we taught him not to negotiate, how to negotiate at home. Mm. Mm. They're not arguing with you. They're having a discussion. They're Communication. They're and they're learning how to talk to the world. Yeah. You just got to be secure. Could that be why kids stutter so much sometimes? Well, I know it's scientific and I know all that stuff. But sometimes, I know me, I didn't stutter. But my mom, when they would take, be quiet, sit down, suck, suck it up, and all that stuff, I, I would stutter because I was trying to convey you're having a, a thought. Con you're having a conflict. A conflict. Yeah, you're having a conflict in your yeah. mind so as to I'm thinking something, yeah. but I'm being taught I don't have permission to communicate honestly from my heart. And our, our homes... But then at the other, yeah. the other, the other sense, though, so that no children feel like they get big-headed, listen to me, is that at any point in time when you're speaking, you're valid until you're asked to stop speaking. Yeah. Because we've been in conversations where, like, rule. the son or the daughter is like, go, I've, ne I'll, I've never done it, but, like, going off on their mom and dad. And what you ain't going to do, blah, 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 blah. And what you're not going to do oh is try to, you're not going to try to parent me is what they would tell us. We can negotiate, because I'm yeah. teaching you, but the moment you shift into that lane where the glory comes, then well, yeah, the glory will wrap you up. That's called role shifting, Josh. Role shifting. Stay in your lane. Joshua, you're 13, but I know. Stay. Right, there, there are just times when... Inappropriate no, no. role yeah. Yeah. shifting. pocket, you out of it. That you, pocket, get back in the pocket. Well, you've got to know, you've got to know, because I'm the I in my house, okay? And I'm not saying I'm the I, I'm like, I'm the I in my house, it's heavy. You know, it's work. I, I live with three carnivores. <laughs> These aren't plant eaters. They will eat you alive in the house if you don't know who you are. Anybody know what I'm talking about? 
Even that little girl that's quiet, she'll eat you for lunch. Her mind is so far ahead of you. But you've got to know when it's time to negotiate with me. If we're in a fire, I don't want to hear what you got to say. If we're in an emergency, you got to understand, okay, just do this. And I'll be clear with you. Okay, this is what I need you to do. But you know, Dad, this is what I need you to do. Now, once I say it twice, I want you to do what I'm telling you. One, well, two. No, no, we don't count in our house. No, I ain't counting. I don't want to know if you can count. I want to know if you can obey, right? Right, that's true. Yeah, I don't want to know if you can count. Because everything that's said after the person who is the I in your house, everything, every question, every thought, every idea that you right. give, every time you're telling them, I don't trust you. I don't trust you. Right. I don't trust you. But here's, I don't trust you. But here's why you got to trust her or him. Uh-huh. I don't, it may be your mom. It may be a foster parent. I don't know who's the I in your house or in your family. But there is only one person that can go to the rampart. One. Just one. I'm trying to. You and your mama keep. Well, well can I say this now? Yes, of course. No, let him go. Let him go. <laughs> well, Dara and Doriette. I know, babe. Just please. Can I just say this one? What? See how we just shift roles? Okay. All right. Anyway, when you're trying to get someone's attention, you have to use appropriate voice inflections. What are you doing now? Are you talking about communication? Yes. Oh, okay. All right. Coloring book, Kevin. Coloring book in the left. Put your microphone on the table, Mom. Here it is. Habakkuk said these words. And, and listen to me, sweetheart. Listen to me. He said, I, I will stand my watch. I will stand my watch. Who's responsible for standing their watch in your house? Because whoever is standing their watch, they have a higher view. It's called the rampart. And you don't ever kick the eye off the rampart. If you kick the eye off the, if it's daddy, daddy may not say a lot and he may not be as sharp as mom with his words. But if he's on the rampart, do not replace him with mama. Family's going to get lost. I am, listen, I'm, I'm not postmodern. I'm not modern. I'm kingdom. If he's supposed to be up there, leave him up there. <laughs> and because he may be a little bit slower, you might miss an accident because you're not moving too fast. You just, you just got to trust it. I grew up the bigger part of my life in a house where my sister was on the rampart. She was the I, led by a woman. And when she spoke to me, I did exactly what she said, unless I could tell she wanted me to talk to her. But I never kicked her. She's still there for me. Because if there's nobody on the rampart, where are we going to get our vision from? You get your vision from that person who's responsible. Leave them there. I got more I can say, but I'll move on. No, it's good. I'll, I'll, I'll do that. So, okay, so we good? This one's, it's going to be a l- slow burn. So, mean, where, so where exactly? So there it is. There you go. No, we need to know this. Stay on your rampart, baby. Yeah, you don't. Yeah, right. I'm not leaving. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not. No, no, no. Look, so 
if we don't know where we're going, and if there's not somebody in the house that will remind us where we are going, because we are not there yet, and I'm drilling it in their heads, one day I will not be here. It's in writing, it's on the refrigerator, it's in the notes, it's in the will, it's in the trust. Every dinner, I'm saying, who are you? You're a Williams. What does that mean? It means this. Where are we going? This is our vision. What are we heading for? This is what we're heading. Who are you going to marry? A person that fits into this. Who are you going to reject? A person that doesn't fit into this. I don't care if they're cute. don't care if they're beautiful. If they can't fit in this, they can't be a part of it. That's my house. But I'm up here. That's where I stay. Your role in it is this. This is what you're supposed to do. And that dream may be really small when we start, but if we stick together as a family, we will get vision and we can make it plain so that my great-great-great-grandchildren can run with it and not start over. Five. I'll tell you what. Hold on. I'll tell you what y'all should do. Y'all should pick the most important ones because we got like 10 minutes. All right, Deacon, I got it. I'm going to be real quick. So number five, um, the all-in family spends intentional time together. So write this down. You laugh on purpose. You pray and worship on purpose. You feel purpose on purpose. And you vacation on purpose. You tell your children something when their most memorable nights are at somebody else's house. When your children look forward to going over to Auntie TT such and such house, or like, hey, when are we all going over to such and such house? What you can begin to tell your children is that we don't have fun at our house. We have to go somewhere else. We can't create it at home. So what I mean is this. When I say vacation on purpose, every vacation that you take should not be with your squad. Some of the vacations should be when all four of y'all are looking at each other in a cheap hotel because your other hotel didn't work out and your restaurant, your reservations were done, you're all eating at McDonald's. Some of the best vacations we've ever had have been disastrous. Bro, where, where's my bag? Well, it didn't come. That bag had my drawers. Now it's 3 o'clock in the morning and it's raining in Florida before we go to Disney World looking for some drawers. Well, all we got are mediums. Underwear. Underwear. All we got, drawers. Underwear. Sorry, sir. All we got are mediums. Me- mediums? And this is during February, right? Well, we got these in extra large. The hearts, and they pink. But you end up figuring some things out about your family. How do we work under pressure? How do we work when our plan doesn't go? Because when you have other people with you, that's not the time to become unraveled. See, yeah, because we, and we knew the bigger underwear you wouldn't like. So we bought the smaller ones, and all your mom did was get a pair of scissors and just put darts in it. You just cut yeah. so that there's release of little pressure. They're vents. They're vents. So then when you pass gas, it, you know, it's, you're good. Anyway, so. <laughs> but listen, inco- write this down. So Inconvenience is an opportunity. It's too much. Inconvenience in your family is an opportunity. When Callie is running through the house, and it's just us, and we're intentionally having fun, and she breaks something, we make it a game. Everything that your child does wrong should not be punishment. Your, your child breaks a glass. You could take another one where there's only two. Now we have none. Ah, like what you're beginning to teach your child is that when they get a flat at 30 on their family vacation. No, hey, I guess this Everything is where we're falls staying. Apart. I guess this is where we're going to do tonight. Yeah. Well, our reservations fell through. Well, you know what? I got some PB&Js in the back. They soggy because we we're in Texas and I made them in Omaha, but we're going to eat these PB&J. 
What you're teaching your children is to be okay with the little. Wherever we are. Wherever we are we is are enough. Together. Yeah, we're just we're together. It's enough. We're all in. It's Thanksgiving and Christmas at our house. And one time our dad really provoked us. We were like, so who are we doing Thanksgiving with this year? And he got so, I mean, like big man. Look at your neighbor say, big like big man. man. He's like, we don't need nobody. We're enough. And we were like, yeah. So who are we inviting? <laughs> so what dad did, he said this, go upstairs, grab a backpack, put everything that you need in it. We got in the car and we just began to drive. We ended up in Kansas City. We stayed a night there. Then we kept going, ended up in Tulsa, stayed a night there. And by the time that we made it in Thanksgiving, there was this giant party with our family in Mississippi. Yeah. What we have to understand is that if somebody has the vision, we have to understand that we have to make intentional time to be together. Yeah. If the only time you're worshiping is at church, that's not on purpose. This is planned. You plan to be here. What happens at 2 o'clock? Are you praying with your family on purpose? Are you feeling with your family? Somebody passed away. The first time you cry and mourn shouldn't be at the morgue, shouldn't be at the funeral. It should be at the house. Somebody say intentional. I have two wonderful ones. Uh, you tell me. Just Can we just give have them? The, I, the, the one that I'm supposed eight, to be doing is eight. seek knowledge and then and seek knowledge and then do what? No, y'all can't do you that. You want me to do have the no, same no, non-negotiables? Okay, y'all be quiet. We're trying so here's to the rest communicate. Of them. Oh, no, 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 no. Here's the rest of them. I want you to have them all. No, y'all can't do it. Here we go. Number six is you've got to seek knowledge. Every all-in family seeks knowledge. That's good. you got to educate yourself. I'm not talking about with degrees. Number seven is uh, approaches problems together. We never approach problems separately. So everybody needs to know the dirt you did so that we can all work on it together. Everybody needs to know. This is the big mistake I made. It was illegal or not. We are all together. You don't want your family caught off by surprise. Number eight. Number eight. Have the same non-negotiables. We have the same, it's the same list. We don't negotiate in these areas, not in our family. Ever. Ever, not ever. Yep. And number nine, last one, uh, every family is conscious about their money. Very conscious about its money. And everybody knows what's going on with the money. Everybody needs to know. So now you got all nine. Just in case we don't get to them. Good job. Yeah. Y'all got five minutes. The one thing about knowledge is, uh, my first line is, seek knowledge from the cradle to the grave. That was spoken by the honorable prophet Muhammad. Knowledge is something to be not just accumulated, but to be applied. Knowledge must be pursued and retained. Sending these kids in there and all they remember is lunch. You have to teach them how to acquire and accumulate and apply knowledge. Um, education is not knowledge. No. Education is a process of receiving and giving systematic instructions. Yeah. You know, so we have to be careful. Uh, we don't want to undo the little knowledge that we are retaining by what we watch, what we listen to, folks we're hanging out with, and those kinds of things. And everything that you learn or gain, it, it becomes an experience for you. Yes. My okay. God, wouldn't you like to toss some of those in? Right. I would. Mom, you want to know who else was a prophet of Cradle of the Grave, Who? Uh, Bishop DMX really? and Apostle Tupac. Yeah, they had a great. I'm t that's why I thought you were going next. That's why I thought. Who is that? Which one is next? Anybody else? Are you next? Wait, wait, wait. Okay, that's and what then I heard. the other thing about knowledge is. Oh my God. Uh, uh, Socrates. Socrates. Here's a good one. Socrates said, "I cannot teach anybody anything." Y'all 
y'all done missed it. See, y'all weren't doing just, your active listening. Just say your point. Okay, you, there's that anointed hands laying hands on me suddenly. Uh, I can, okay, go on. You done lost your composure now, ain't you? Oh. <laughs> Who is next? <laughs> we have a room, Why? Josh. Let me talk. We have a room. Can I say something? Yes. Okay. This is really good. Socrates said, I cannot teach anybody anything. I, f I can only make them think. That's the greatest gift you can give your kids. Don't always try to give them the answers. Make, require of them that Te they think. Yeah, don't teach them what to think. Teach them how, teach them how to think. Yeah. Some good stuff up here. Are you done? Knowledge has a beginning, but not okay. an end. All right. All right. Approach your problems together. It helps you manage your stress. It, you'll, you'll solve your conflicts easier because you got everybody involved. Everybody's involved. Big mistake in my life, I told my wife and my kids. I told them all because I'm going to need your help to work through this. Right? There, and once I did that, the team came together. Yes. They didn't lose respect for me in that light. They covered me, protected me, gave me advice. And Callie said, now it's clear. I'm going to law school because you're going to need a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> she received her calling that day. So and we affirmed it. <laughs> so once you a week she go. calls me. She says, Dad, are you in trouble? Do you need my help? No, so, and then she texts so me, day. send me all of his documents. Anything oh. he signed, send it to me. Yeah, I can trust her. Because out of your family yeah. comes the purpose of the rest of them. Yeah. We Daddy, all, Daddy we, no more we, tweeting. No more tweeting. So, so non-negotiables. Oh. What's one of your non-negotiables? No, no. You got one? Hurry. Uh, we, we do not discuss foundational ground rules in our family in the midst of other people. Ooh. Ever. What's one of yours? Give me that book. What book? The non-negotiables. I brought okay. a show and tell. Number one, the authority of the word of God is not ever this is what up we deal, for discussion. This is what we deal with. Yep. Another one that we have that's a non-negotiable is that nobody's sin is secret. No, not in our family. If you messed up, we messed up. Yeah, don't confess to God. Confess, confess to the family first. Because whatever we did, we did it to our family. But how do and, you, then, and then we go to God. How do you, how do you set non-negotiables? See, that was my little... You have to tell everybody. Huh? You got to decide what's important to you. Right. And I mean, you can't have 55,000 things. You've got to really hunker down and decide what's really important to you. These are the things that no matter what will go down, there is no compromise. Number nine, last one. <laughs> Everybody in the family is conscious of the money. We don't have money secrets. We don't have money secrets, oh, no. even from the children. They need to understand why. They need to understand why for a couple of years they're going to wear the nicest shoes we can buy at Walmart. Pay less. They need to understand what we're doing. It's not that we're cheap. We're saving. We're investing. You need to understand this. You're going to take care of So I, I, when you get to school, don't say they bullied me because of my shoes. No, they're celebrating you because you're smart. 
They just don't know it. You just have to decide, well, you, where you get those shoes? Uh, we, my mom got them at Payless. Wow, your family must be poor. Well, we're going to be rich. So and you that's better why not tuck your head down. Don't you hold your head down. If you dare Don't hold your you head down, listen to yeah, me. Yeah, my mama bought. Your mama's if doing you the come best back she to can. my house, ashamed of the of what rules. What I bought for you. Yes. Yes. You are wearing those gym shoes because the ones you wanted were 100 bucks. We bought you these for 50 and put the other 50 in investments. If you come home ashamed of the rules I got in my house, I'm going to deal with you. Because you are just as ignorant, dumb, and foolish as them other kids in that dumb school. Because most of them walking around in the $150 gym shoes ain't got two nickels to rub together. They ain't got no pot to piss in. or a, Okay. Are there about 15 people in here that you will say to God, I'm going to stay on my watch over this family? I'm going to stand right here on my watch. I'm not coming down. I'm going to get a view for my family. I'm going to know where we're headed. I'm going to know what God wants to do for us and through us, and I'm not coming down. And everybody in this house, I'm going to do whatever I can to get them all in. If that's you, stand on the feet and shout glory. Because the, the, the other part of that, the other finish part of that, thing. the other, I got to finish it. The other part of that budget thing is this. If our accounts are connected, any dime or cent Everything. that I spend, I have to understand, even though it's my little paycheck, I can screw my family up by putting it in the wrong place, by owing the wrong people. Because what happens, pay the debt, who are they coming to? So we have a lot.